0: I've already hit record, just did it there oh, and okay. then. Yeah. So why haven't Why deliberately not had any caffeine or just, just haven't had any coffee?
1: Uh, a bit of both. So, deload week for me. Uh, I'm trying to think what week number it is I think week 13 maybe yeah week 13 I think Um, I think obviously it's the second block of my um, my macro cycle so I've obviously my second mesocycle which is six weeks on one week deload so obviously a lot lower volumes and lower intensities and then another six weeks on and now my 13th week or maybe it's the 14th week actually um would make sense and it's the yeah deload so i thought well if, uh, it's i don't know i uh, suppose i don't know what, what what your thoughts are or what you think kind of the general consensus is about kind of caffeine uh or suppose caffeine deloading for want of a, any other term and whether it's either requirement uh necessity good practice whatever um but I suppose I feel a little bit like the majority or predominant amount of my caffeine, even though I am a big coffee drinker, still comes from pre workout because I only have like a couple a day. Whereas I might do two to three hundred milligrams of caffeine prior to a workout, and then you know, a couple of cups a day might be another hundred, hundred and fifty milligrams potentially, maybe a little bit more. Maybe I'm under doing it a little, but I think to myself, well, because obviously. um, I'm deloading and I don't need to well I shouldn't really necessarily need to have the caffeine for the performance benefit I mean don't worry I'm still sometimes a bit sleepy and I think oh maybe I should just have it from the the stimulation effect just to try and get myself a little bit more awake but because you shouldn't need it necessarily for the performance benefit anyway on a deload week I kind of figure well maybe it's a good time to just have a little bit of a resensitization phase Um, I don't really know if that's the right way to look at it in terms of whether resensitization is really a thing but i don't know i obviously th- i always think sometimes there's 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 good merit in just having some abstinence from certain things like even like carbohydrates like obviously we're f- we're proponents of carbohydrate diets we both actually prefer don't we a higher carbohydrate diet than fat diet for various reasons um but i would also say i think for a lot of people it's worthwhile having some periods with lower or, or few carbohydrates whether that's like not necessarily, it doesn't have to be like a period over a week, say, but just like basically not eating carbohydrates all the time. So maybe like a meal with low carb every now and then. So your body just basically has to at least go a good number of hours during the day um, or even fasting, you know, you know, that just, I think it's just good. It's good from a metabolic health and metabolic flexibility perspective to just to have periods of lower carbohydrates, than they just basically constantly being ramped up and having high blood sugars all the time. If any makes sense, so they do ramble a bit. But.
0: I, th- I think it makes sense. I think with, with the caffeine, it's always depends why you do it. It's like, if you're the sort of person who is, doesn't sleep enough and then is relying on caffeine to uh, function um, day-to-day, and that's like you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten cups a day, then you probably would do better sorting your sleep out first and then getting rid of the caffeine for a period so when you're when you are actually tired for whatever reason you've trained hard it's the it's, it's, it's almost like a peak week of your training program where you're you know maybe going to failure most volume you're tired and then you couldn't you're more sensitive to caffeine so it sure we're different when you're actually tired rather than you relying on it um, it's the same, I suppose, if you use pre workouts and coffee. Like I remember when I first started drinking a like Costa, I thought I fell off my head. I the large Costa coffee is like, Jesus Christ, what's this about? But now it doesn't really affect me. So, would you ever get that, I don't know, that sort of feeling back ever? Don't know. But you probably would have more chance of feeling the effects of caffeine more when you desensitise yourself from it. Yeah.
1: Was... well, the, the desensitised bit actually is a, is a bit where I'm thinking to myself, I'm not even sure if that's a real thing in terms of whether you desensitise yourself to the stimulation effects. So what we do know is, well, there's very little evidence on it actually, but I was about to say what we do know is that habitual caffeine in, intake um, doesn't affect the performance benefits. So basically, if you're a regular caffeine drinker, you will still see the performance benefits in exercise performance. Um, albeit I think there's only one, maybe two, I can only think of one study that actually has you know, they've studied that they've taken habitual and non habitual caffeine drinkers and with they've given them caffeine prior to cycling time trials. And both groups had a ergogenic or performance effect of um, of the caffeine, so that kind of shows you that even though some people are obviously not sensitive or you know, not sensitive to caffeine necessarily because they are habitual caffeine drinkers, they still get the performance effect I don't know whether that can be said this, or the same thing for the stimulatory effect for like alertness if that makes sense um, I'm actually not very well read in that bit and I can't think off the top of my head whether I think I've read anything in that in that realm or not actually because obviously I guess that's the difference part is if you're taking caffeine for the performance benefit it's different than taking it for the stimulation effect for alertness mm-hmm. aka you know, you're know, you tired as fuck all the time and you're just smashing out cans of monster or coffee um, there are two different reasons why you would take them um, albeit neither of those are, I mean I suppose the performance benefit is the reason why I'm not taking it this week because I don't need the performance benefit because I'm deloading my weights are incredibly less than they usually are and obviously a lot less volume so I haven't needed a performance benefit the stimulatory effect um, I haven't purposefully avoided it for that reason but I just I've been busy today and just not had a coffee so that's why. But I don't, I mean, I'm a bit tired today, but I don't think it's anything to do with the fact that I haven't had any caffeine. I just feel a bit like I've had a very busy day. In fact, I was just saying to Jen, I have not, I don't, other than to eat, I haven't sat down all day. I got, I think I got up, trained this morning. Uh, then we went for a, quite a long walk to a local uh, bistro, which is just open during the day as like a takeaway cafe. So we walked down there with my parents and got a, got a, like a drink and hot chocolate and some some whatever i can't remember what else i got it doesn't matter and then we had a quite a long walk back i think we were gone about three hours so it's quite a reasonable walk i mean i've done twenty thousand steps so decent walk and then i got home i no, actually no, we stopped at the pub and had i had a pepsi and a couple of other beers and then uh walked back to my house i then went food shopping no actually i had something to eat so that's when i did sit down i sat down for five minutes and quickly grabbed some uh i actually had this is really random i had uh two slices of wholemeal toast with eat lean salmon spreader on it so which is if anyone hasn't seen them they're basically little pots of like it's a bit like salmon pate um but it's like a blended quark with salmon smoked salmon so it's like a smoked salmon pate type stuff but i think i can't remember what it is now but it's like uh, 160 grams for a pot and something like 24 grams of protein banging decent uh and then uh, a little snack pack of eat lean uh, snack pack actually, I, don't, I don't think they've even got a name nibbles actually I think they're called nibbles they're like little seeds and nibbles with eating sticks of cheese and a sauce to dip in so quite nice and that was my lunch so because uh, I was literally just quickly whatever I could make really quickly eat it and then go food shopping so I had to go to the food shop before Tesco go shut got home made a Sunday Sunday night lunch as in a Sunday roast dinner uh, sat down ate it and then I'm there to talking to you so very busy day and obviously not, not that everyone needed that fucking run by run play of what I've done today but
0: that is a there is, is a that is a good day, and your well, I wouldn't say your exercise is, is would be very high. Your exercise calories would be pretty pretty decent with uh, all that going on, and I think that is one of the one of the reasons why people some people find dieting very easy, people find dieting very hard. I mean, for you now, you've gone for a walk which you more than likely enjoy the weather's tidy so it doesn't really feel like exercise even though you are burning you know decent amount of calories walking for you know two to three hours um, you know going shopping depending whether you have a trolley or a basket you've obviously done some steps of wandering around there mm-hmm. well, well actually
1: as well, as well on that I parked at there's a little of Tesco only a couple hundred yards apart so I parked at the Tesco where they've got a Pod Point for an electric car, and obviously, as you know, I have an electric car. So I parked in there, plugged my car in, walked to Lidl, so 200 yards to Lidl to buy a couple of a few little bits and pieces that they they do in there, that they don't do in Tescos, and then walked back and did my 12 shop just so I can get more electric charge. Brilliant, win-win. And obviously, that just resulted in more steps.
0: And hmm. um, and you see some people struggling in their diet, and just they're day-to-day activity, where they probably mostly because of their job, is very little. So then they do find it more difficult to lose weight. What was I studied in in um, for NEAT? And they, they found a disparity between the, the the person who burned the most calories in a day and the person that least. It was horrific when it? it was in the thousands of calories. Wasn't it? it was insane. Just because, you know, someone can't sit down wanders around flicks their leg moves around all the time and other people just are naturally more sedentary and just sit there and don't move much
1: yeah I don't don't know what study you're talking about but one thing that often I I kind of refer back to is and I, I don't remember the name of the study but Krieger um, referenced once in the in the fitness summit that was organised by I think it was Ben Carpenter actually I can't remember but someone organised the fitness summit it was called and this was obviously many years ago now easily seven or eight years, or five or six years ago probably and um, I remember Krieger presented a slide where I think it was a meta analysis around um, BMRs that had been measured in clinical settings and like the differences of of the of a you know the, the basal metabolic rate between different individuals were like so small in that like the heaviest to the lightest type individual and males and females all included and stuff the the difference between the bmrs of some of these people were literally like 3 400 calories or something and it kind of the, the reason that comes or it comes up as, as quite a prominent thought cuz it, it kind of dispels that myth that oh i've got bad genetics or slow metabolism cuz it kind of shows you actually hmm, there isn't actually that much difference in kind of like the energy intake required for individuals to you know to maintain their weight their bmr um or, or sorry, not to make my it's I to stay alive, um, their BMR. It's that what you're referring to, it's the activity and stuff which makes all the difference. Like the reason a lot of people's energy expenditures are so are a lot bigger than four hundred, you know, four hundred calories is because actually the amount of activity they do and the like knee and then exercise activity is the thing that actually then opens up that gap how different people's metabolisms metabol- <laughs>
0: metabolisms are. I always think that's just quite a prominent point. So like for me, if it was a, if I had a twin, exactly same weight, you know, dieted on the same sort of calories, did the same exercise, as you say, like say a couple of, couple of sessions cardio a week, four days a week training, but I work in a job I work in where you could probably well I probably average 17, 18 thousand a day. And the twin worked in an office doing 2,000 a day. I would find it markedly more easier mm. to lose it because I'm on my feet, not to 12 hours a day, but minus breaks, probably 11 hours a day. So there's a big difference there between sitting and walking round, sometimes fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, I I think I don't I don't I don't think there's many papers on it, but there is certainly I think my uh opinion i suppose is probably the best word my opinion on on kind of like the idea of energy flux so the idea that i guess we well we know that energy balance as in terms of kind of calories in versus calorie out, calories out is going to determine um your weight your weight loss your, your weight gain or whatever uh the idea of like energy flux is that people that have a higher calorie input but a higher calorie output are more uh successful or find it easier to diet potentially than someone that has a lower input and a lower output but obviously the net result is still the same so someone say basically you know a small female burning a thousand calories but consumed a thousand calories versus a very large male burning five thousand calories but consuming five thousand calories obviously they're still maintaining their weight say i think the former will find it a lot more difficult for various reasons i think i think and obviously, that, that's quite two extreme, extreme examples. But basically, I think if the idea of that... Well, actually, you could, you could, know, any individual could maintain their weight on X amount of calories. But actually, they could up their expenditure a little bit. But obviously, then be able to consume a bit more as well. But obviously, the net outcome is then still the same. That's probably a more positive move. Because so I think there's various... I mean, and I don't know the reasons for that. Whether it's just because more food makes it a bit easier to... Um, I suppose manage a diet manage appetite adhere to a diet that type of thing because obviously you've got more food to play with, even though you have to expend more to make up for that you still haven't you still having that period of consuming more which might just make it feel a bit easier both maybe physically and psychologically as well or it could be like more nutrients available because obviously you you've got you're eating 2,000 calories maybe rather than 1,500 and obviously you've then got more vitamins minerals fiber nutrients fiber you know even potentially more protein whatever there's more nutrients being shuttled through the body compared to obviously consuming less but exercising less um yeah i don't i, I mean I, I don't think there's any metabolic ex- like almost advantage to doing that it's not i'm not saying that obviously oh you know the more you exercise them then the more you can eat but there's and there's some sort of metabolic advantage that if you do that you're gonna end up in a better or or more of a calorie deficit say than if you consume less but exercise less i don't think that i just think it's more um you know, potentially like I say just having more food availability and potentially more nutrients just kind of shuttling through the body as compared to trying to basically starve yourself but uh, to, I mean just sorry before we do chip, chip in mate I was say, the only thing I would say is obviously to a point I mean I don't think obviously anyone can be saying right okay well I'll, at the minute I'm doing I'm eating X and I'm, I'm expending X so all I'm going to do is I'm going to up my expenditure by 500 calories so I can eat 500 more and then you're like, okay, that works. But then I'm going to do another 500 and then another 500 and then you're doing 1,000 and then there's 1,500 and then there's 2,000. There's only a, so far you can go before, obviously, I think any benefit will be lost or it just then doesn't make, necessarily suit lifestyles or just make it... You, you probably get to a point where it's just unadherable. You just can't stick to it.
0: You should follow a guy. You know, Daniel Wheeler.
1: I know... Well, I don't know yeah. Dan Wheeler, but yeah, I, I know I, I know Dan Wheeler.
0: But yeah, I don't follow him because he was on, essentially saying diets don't work which well pretty much all diets work to a point because people can lose weight it's just they can't maintain it or keep it off and he's almost saying don't diet just increase your activity and I'm like that only works to a certain degree that every single person unless they're a professional athlete will come to a point where you can't do anymore so you will have to you have to be take your have your deficit from from eating less calories, less food. And he was trying to say to people, oh, don't diet, calorie death is not the way to go, you've got to, from food, you've got to train more and train more. It's like, all right, so you're telling someone now, say who's a parent, who works 12 hours a day, might have got, you no, know, two, three kids, comes home, makes some food, puts them to bed, got to get up at four or five in the morning. You're telling me they're going to do three hours of cardio at night. You don't, you don't you fucking mind. This guy clearly, is, is wasn't in reality. I'm like, but you almost seen one of these guys, oh, yeah, if you want to do it, you just do it. I'm like, you're not in, you're not in living in the real world yeah. No. But in the end, because obviously the more active you are, clearly, you know, the more calories you'll burn, which is obviously better. If you want to keep your calories higher so you can stick to the diet better, that's fine. Like which I just know, there comes a point where you just can't do anymore. And bear in mind your body adapts to that stimulus. Oh. If you run, you start running. Your body's inefficient at running, so eight months on the line, you become very efficient. Well, you'd be more efficient at running, so you're burning less calories. So you have to do more just to burn the same. So it's like, well, where do you go from there? Yeah, he didn't really want to know. So it's like, not going to argue because it's like, what's the point? Because If you you just if you don't if you can't see that, then I don't think. This point that's really talking about
1: it. Yeah, I th- I think I mean I think the literature out there on like and we've said this before, but the literature out there on exercise intervention alone isn't particularly great for weight loss. I think obviously there's a lot uh, there's a lot of studies out there which kind of shows that people that only focus on basically exercise, basically for, for like what Dan's in in an attempt to lose weight, aren't only successful um whereas the literature on nutrition intervention is okay still not amazing um but it's 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 got far better results than um the the, the literature out there on exercise intervention alone clearly you want a mixture of both you want someone to obviously look after nutrition and also do exercise because obviously there are loads of benefits but one of the benefits of exercise obviously is that increased energy expenditure them to eat, consume a bit more food and probably be able to then maintain and manage a, a diet a bit better but I th- uh, what one thing that i always think to myself like when especially when i'm working with clients like, with the nutrition um well as you know let's, let's take a take it back a step i guess with like energy balance in general what people expend is obviously made up of several different things you know there's their bmr there's their neat their non-exercise activity thermogenesis there's their um exercise energy thermogenesis there's diet induced thermogenesis which obviously the foods consume or the energy consumed while they're obviously digesting the foods and i guess what's um, like your exercise, when, when people try to manipulate exercise, one, it's obviously really difficult to actually measure, you know, we don't really have any too accurate ways to measure how many calories someone's expending um, in any type of activity or exercise session. Like, we don't have a general population anyway, obviously we don't have metabolic wards, so we can stick people in and, and accurately measure it. Um, also I think a lot of people don't consider is that you are also burning calories being alive during the exercise session. So where someone might think, well, I've just burned 400 calories here. Well, you might have also burned 200 calories just being alive in that period. So actually you've only really burned 200 more than you would have done. And I think that often gets lost. But you flip that around to nutrition and what we do know is that if you don't eat consume, you know, 200 calories of a Snickers bar say, that's a whole 200 calories you've not consumed. So you can control that. It's a lot easier to measure. And obviously it's also a net 200 calories down. Whereas it's, you can't say the same for exercise, so I think sometimes manipulating diet is actually a lot, lot easier, probably why it's a lot more successful than than kind of like the exercise intervention alone. Um, but that being said, there's also moments where you know there are certain clients where the calories do get quite low during a dieting phase, and they can't really go any lower. Like you might get a, a female down to a thousand nine hundred calories at some point, and obviously if they if if progress stalls and you need to make a movement somewhere, you can't really keep pushing them down to. 800 700 600 because to be honest no that isn't just not going to be sustainable for very long for anybody it's just so low then that it's it's just unmanageable so you might have to then start to con- obviously to consider that you do have to up the the energy uh, expenditure to kind of still create that calorie deficit so obviously it's it is individualized and there's a lot to consider about it but yeah i don't i don't actually remember how we even got on the concept of energy flux to be honest i think we were just you were just talking about how I guess being active is good, and it just allows people to have a few more calories, and probably helps dieting. I think didn't we? Um, yeah, I can't
0: really remember now. It seems like about twenty minutes ago.
1: This probably was twenty-one. Well, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Anyway, I think. Well, I, I know it came off the back of the fact that I, have I say, I've done you know over twenty thousand steps today already. I say already is eight o'clock at night, but um which is more than I would usually do. The only day I do that is when I go if I do any long distance cardio, like on a whatever day Wednesday when I do like a ten k run I might hit twenty thousand steps on those days, but so it's quite a uh, a high rate
0: of exercise for me today and when you on seven thousand work uh, more however my last shift was i tell you, i did all the time yesterday so my la my last shift was one to Wednesday night right, so i've done Monday fifteen. It's quite a slow week, actually. Tuesday 15, Wednesday 15, Thursday 15, 10 on Friday, 17 yesterday, and 7 today. So, so quite it's still a high average? Yes, still a high average, yeah. So it's like well, it's a average week. It's 90,000 maybe for the week. But this, I have felt quite rather tired this week, I'll have to say. So my train hasn't been very good. So rather than actually... Um, I've stuck to trying to keep the weight heavier while doing less reps because that is the thing that's going to help me maintain mass. Not that you're going to lose much in a week, but I felt very tired, although I'll do the least volume I can. So if the volume comes down, then I'll put intensity, weight up. So that's what I've done for the last week because I'm like, I can't really face um, a proper session. Mm. I think a lot of people think that you've got to be motivated all the time and it just isn't the case. You will have times where you're not motivated and you can't be asked to do something. But that is where consistency... Trump's motivation, like if, I, if I wasn't motivated this week, which I haven't been, and I didn't train at all, then I'm not being consistent. And if that happens, you know, quite a lot of you, you're leaving a lot of gains or fat losses behind potentially. So if you're not feeling the best for whatever reason, busy day work, busy month, busy week, whatever, as long as you're consistent in doing something, in the gym or following some sort of plan, that is where you get results. I mean, plenty of people can diet fairly hard for 10 12 weeks, but then what happens when their motivation wins and the weight loss stalls, the psychology creeps into it, and they end up going off it. So rather than them being consistent and maybe you know go through maintenance phase and then going again, so being consistent through all the way, they fall off the wagon as such. So people think motivation is the key to success. It is not. It's consistency over time. You look at any person who's in shape all the time, there are people who, are, you know, who can hold 9%, 10% all the time. You know, there's probably genetic factors as well, but most people are not motivated all the time. They're just consistent in their habit and keeping themselves in that condition. So, when people say, oh, I lack motivation or I can't do that, because i with the motivation to do it. Well, motivation wins, but consistency, you're in ultimate control of. Motivation, probably, you're probably not in control of. Maybe the things you can do to get yourself motivated. But, you know, you can't always control it, but you can control what you do and how consistent you are, consistent you are in getting things done. People who, it's like if if you're, I don't know, either very skinny or very fat, whichever one, you either want to gain muscle or lose fat, you know, it's a lifetime of making the correct decisions and being consistent throughout that time. Not about motivation and how hard you can go inserting aspects when you're motivated is about being consistent over the long term.
1: I think the question is, is obviously what you'll get a lot of people say here is how do you become consistent when
0: you're not motivated? Okay, if you're not if you're not motivated if you're going to the if you're I don't know, if you're like six months into you haven't trained before now you're training, now you've lost motivation to go to the gym, All right? Happens probably. But just going in there doing something, even if it's just anything, just to get in there and get just being in the habit of going to the gym. I mean, even ingraining the habit of going is going to help you actually become motivated to go. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the problem a bit for me, I think, in that because obviously you say about being consistent. I think saying that statement is kind of missing a step because I guess like you get consistency by created a habit i think that's obviously that's what you mean isn't it obviously your your basic behavior change and kind of like building habits is way more powerful than motivation because motivation won't ever last whether it's two weeks five weeks ten weeks there always comes a point where motivation won't be there and like you say we've all we all suffer from that like i i've said to clients many a time in fact probably most weeks that I genuinely don't want to train. Probably at least half of my training sessions. Like most weeks, there'll be one or two times where I I don't really feel like training, um, and it's usually only at the moment before I start. Once I get going, I'm fine because obviously I'm in. I'm, I'm kind of in the session now. I'm you know I'm doing it, so I'll just kind of get through and just ends up being like a normal session. But probably at least half of the times that before I, I know I need to train, I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not really up for this. I don't feel like it. I just. I'm much rather do xyz or whatever the kind of next thing on the list is to do rather than i would go in and train so like if i was relying on willpower or motivation to do that pff, wouldn't happen i'd miss half my sessions but i, I don't because it for me it's, it's something that is over time become a habit that i that i do now i do not not do that makes sense it's a bit and again an analogy often use with clients is it's like brushing your teeth you don't think twice about brushing your teeth no one it really enjoys I mean actually I do quite enjoy brushing my teeth because I love it being clean afterwards that just might be the OCD in me um, but yeah I mean like most people don't enjoy like the of or the process of brushing their teeth but they do it anyway because they know they have to and they've just built it into a habit from such an age that it's now something that they just do they don't even consider twice about and that's where people need to get with things like their training or where they need to get with kind of how they build the majority of their meals. Um, but I think you only as in like when I say that I mean like become habit that a bit like we said about um, last week it becomes habit that you don't have takeaways every week and actually like the habit is you have a well balanced whole food based meal every meal instead and obviously takeaways are then no longer that habit all that kind of thing that you do so that's kind of what i mean by by nutrition but i think you only get there by starting obviously you have to i mean whether rely on motivation or not but you have to use some form of willpower or some effort has to be involved from the start to almost just start this domino or this cascade so obviously it's like what i mean by that is obviously yes it will feel difficult you have to put some effort in to start with and obviously as long as you are then consistent that consistency will turn into something like brushing your teeth it will turn into habits where you just suddenly do it all the time and what at what point that happens is obviously different for people um i don't even i couldn't even say you know when it happened for me i couldn't say when it happened for clients but it just one down along the line you just kind of look back and think oh yeah i have now turned into that person that does this thing like I i no longer really think about it it just happens
0: Yeah, I and mean, it's like you say, you don't know actually when it happens. But what I think is, is is, society in general is they want things now and they don't want to think about the long term. If you play the long game with the training, nutrition, gaining muscle, losing fat, whatever, the decisions you make will hopefully be better. Because right? if you could lay a foundation on the first Six months, I suppose it goes down to this. Um, not anti well, I suppose anti diet, maybe. So, right, like for the first six months, building you know proper habits, you know, identifying you know, what, a, what a quality, nutritious food is. Um, building habits like you know, protein every meal, whole foods, plenty of fruit and veg, blah 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 blah. blah. Things with training, you know, understand, learn about you know, volume over time. Intensity over time, proper technique, proper program building. So, those first ones, you've set those foundations, you will set yourself up for success in the long term. But how many people would always look for the 12 week plan or the 10 week plan or the whatever plan just to get results as fast as possible? I know people say you will get, if you're, you get results quicker, you're more motivated go back to motivation again. Not way yeah, you want to carry on because you can see results. But how good is that for you know five years in the future, six years in the future, seven years in the future? Because imagine if people, if people, someone's overweight, they want to lose weight and then keep it off. And they want to be in this you know, they want to be in a good condition in five years and 10 years and 15 years, not just go actually five years later, I'm back where I was before I died beforehand. So, I think. people need to play the long game and not the short game. But it's got to be, a, you know, it's got to be a like a trade-off, you know. Enough results in the short term for the commitment to the long term to seem worth it. Do you know what I mean? Because I think, I mean, it'd be great if someone told us when we started training, look, this is how you squat probably. This is full range of motion so you would have less injuries. They do less stupid shit. This is how you properly program build. This is the most important things to build muscle. You know, volume over time, intensity over time, use IUD load, blah, 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 Even if you thinking, oh my gosh, it's so boring. But if you'd had that foundation from day dot, then your long-term results, the results you would have had would probably be quicker over years, if you know what I mean. And maybe better See my diet if before you started trying to right if you want to look back to do this business, build these habits, make sure you've got enough fibre, enough protein per meal, um, sufficient carbs to fuel training, um, eat mindfully, you know, don't overeat, um, takeaways, junk, shit. Make sure your most of your food is highly nutritious, fruits, veg, meat, depending if you're vegan or not. Obviously, if you're vegan, don't eat meat. But but it's the same as anything that right? people want to get rich fast rather than slow. So they're susceptible to stupid shit on Facebook. Make you know make loads of money in Bitcoin. You know, make a billion in Bitcoin was like, well, clearly you don't have to fucking stand how things work. So it's the quick thing all the time it's the quick this, the quick that, the quick money making the quick fat lots, quick mastigating never works. Never ever works. Unless you're lucky. I mean there are people who've done things very quickly in, in, in life but uh, I do pl- I do plenty of
1: things very yeah. quickly in life mate like what that's but... how I up with two children
0: <laughs> two minute
1: breath I mean
0: there's any industry it's, it's particularly prevalent in, in, in money the mo- I don't know we've got money in it. the financial industry then mm. um, you know how many people have seen uh, things on Facebook for you need one property to be to quit your job. and like, what well, fucking plant you are not living on? Oh, Bitcoin's the thing is going to make you rich. This stock's going to make you rich. This diet's going to make you shredded. That diet's going to make you whatever. Fitness and finance are the most horrific industries for bullshit. And people will fall for it because of short-term thinking, which never works out ever. Well, not ever, but 95% of the time you know what I mean yeah. it's like that one guy in money in Bitcoin who was who was poor luck bought it 10 years ago look I made this money yeah but you flipped it because you speculated it's like died didn't it oh I died on Keto look at this and look at me now like yeah because it suited you you know you didn't know what you were doing you didn't know that it was a car deficit you just flipped it again and then people follow it because they want short term results like them and it, it always ends well most of it always ends up badly I think
1: I do think that we're almost genetically built for wanting like instant gratification or short term results. I think there's something in us that are built that way purely because I guess if you think back, this might end up being a logical fallacy, I don't know, but makes sense to me. If you think back years, years and years and years ago, you know, when we were kind of all living as hunter gatherers, uh, waiting for something to happen potentially would result in death because obviously if you just kind of thought well you know i've got uh i don't know i've got i've got a, a beehive full of honey there but now i'll save that for a bit later because you know I don't need it right now that you could just starve to death before you ate it or you know the same thing with a you, you kill a woolly mammoth and it's kind of like well i'm not going to gorge on that right now i'm kind of full after a couple of mouthfuls again you might starve to death before you even get to eat the rest because it just rots so i guess we like from a survival perspective it makes sense that we are very much driven for things now because obviously like now's good later might not might be too late i think there's just a lot of that still in our genetics and our makeup that we still have these kind of thought processes or actions aligned to those type of behaviors which obviously in the current western you know 21st century in the western world doesn't really help us um you know we don't we don't really like do things which are kind of better for us in the long run because we can't really see past like kind of what looks good to us now but it's just kind of the way
0: I say I think we are genetically built but, it's very, it, is nice to, it is nice to do things in the short term isn't it especially make money and look better right?
1: yeah. I, I mean yeah I mean you think about it i I work in retirement savings uh, outside of obviously nutrition coaching and I always said to myself like pension schemes are a funny thing to try and convince someone to, to kind of d- to take up because you try and tell a 18 20 year old to give you money now but they won't see it until they're at the very earliest well 55 now it'll be 57 soon but at the very earliest 55 57 um or possibly later because obviously um not that many people get to retire that early because they won't they don't actually have enough retirement savings or wealth built up at that point so you try and tell a 20 year old you know you're not going to see it for 40 50 years later it's not a very good prospect like no. People people don't want to look that far ahead. They'd rather have it now for beer money than they would put it away to to live.
0: It is very difficult to convince an eighteen year old. I agree <clears throat> when they can actually when you actually think actually. Have you do know interest, you know about like, compound interest? You because they would not give a fuck unless you could say because it's fairly hard to say. You could have a Ferrari when you're sixty five, mind. Yeah, be but like,
1: e- even if you did say that, most of them wouldn't. Yeah, wouldn't no, buy it. Like, they wouldn't. They wouldn't accept it. They'd be. Like, they would still see the fact yeah. that they want money to go out on a night out now. Yeah. They wouldn't see the fact that it's worth that trade-off to be able to have a ferrari in the 65
0: can you imagine you know 50 years of 10 to 12 percent return a year at like 200 quid a month even after 50 years it's a lot a mm. lot of money you know it's not a lot of money after the first 10 years maybe but when it starts compounding lovely um, yeah, but you're right, it is very difficult. It's just like selling someone on, yeah, you can lose ten pounds, but it's probably best if you win a year and a half. It doesn't really it's hard to wash really, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Well as to say, when you when you when you align it to training nutrition, it is, you know, very similar, like especially training because it is so slow. It is hard to get someone to put that investment in now and continually put that investment and in become, you know, go back to that the, the point about being consistent. It's difficult to get someone to do that when they're not seeing those returns come back in and that, you know, they are effectively banking those pennies as Je- as um, Jeff Alberts would say banking those pennies of every training session so that they do have a an investment pot aka some gains in 15 10-15 years time but I
0: was very lucky I had my I started my pen January 18
1: are you going back to money again not talking about training now
0: no I started well I suppose I started training mm-hmm. around that time maybe maybe a bit earlier 16, 17, 18 so seems to align pensions and the training seems to have started on at the same
1: time. Well, yeah. Well, I mean the the, the analogy is quite good anyway because you know the, the the point is there are they are an investment that you expect some form of return back at a certain period, and obviously that's you know the principles are the same. Um, whether that's training, whether that's nutrition, dieting, or whatever, um, you know people are putting in some form of investment to then want a return. In the dieting, they're putting in a, an investment of you know potentially restriction, which isn't a pleasant experience for a lot of people. In a return of weight loss and obviously because it's at least a little bit faster a lot of people can find that a bit more um easier to be motivated or adhere to because obviously you can see the results you can start that's motivating itself just yeah. not the same with muscle gain it's obviously a lot more difficult because it's so much slower i mean you can't really see muscle tissue being generated in any sort of short-term period it just doesn't happen so unless you're on like gear so and even then it's probably slower than what people think so
0: Again, muscle again is a lot, of, it's a lot harder to realise than fat loss, isn't it? Fat yeah. loss is fairly, fairly easy. I mean, that's why you see people make... get bigger over time. You know what I mean? Like, you're very unlikely to see a very, very big 20-year-old. Well, I mean, they do exist, obviously. But you're more likely to see a very, very big 30-year-old yeah. who's been in, yeah. in 15 years. You know, that 35, that 30-year-old man whatever say he's two hundred and forty pound two hundred and fifty pound was not that weight when he was twenty he was maybe i don't know hundred ninety two hundred pounds I mean mm-hmm. so he's taken in that long but when people say oh what training plan what training plan do you do now mate it's like well I've been training fifteen years very big whatever I'm doing now has got no relevance to what you wanna do because I've come from you you're starting where I you know where you maybe was ten years ago you could ask someone for you know, if you know how, how often you find it's kind of general. What's the principles again? As big as you, when he goes right, Uh consistency over time carries over time. Get stronger, do more volume. You know, and know it's not quite a simple example. Simple, like you know, those principles, you do that, you get bigger. But anyone know they want to go right? What training plan are you doing? Because obviously you're the biggest guy in the gym. So what training plan are you doing? Because this training plan will get me as big as you, and you know it doesn't. It's the principles of you know training and dieting and they get you to. You no. Know, be bigger.
1: But you know. It's got incredibly dark in your room.
0: It's in Wales electric, we got electric away. No, per point. Yeah. No. My horse and cart outside.
1: <laughs> um what, what are you doing in terms of so what date is it your gym's open over that side of the border?
0: Funny enough it's Monday, May the third. May
1: the third. Oh, nearly Star Wars Day, but not quite. Um Okay, what, what are your plans in terms of when you go back? Are you going back into a gym or are you still trying to train? Because obviously you bought some stuff, and some, some light equipment for home, didn't you? But obviously I guess you're not, are you, are you actually planning on going back to a gym membership?
0: Yes, I will go back to a gym membership. There is um, a very, very large gym opening up, about 10 miles from me. That I'm going to definitely have a go at the three of us training together. So not all the time, but you know, once or twice a week. And we definitely go visit there. I think I'm gonna do that on that day, third or fourth, just because it's like don't want It's like an American gym. It's humongous. There's loads of stuff there. It's there's like loads
1: a of... big warehouse gym.
0: Yeah, it's literally called the warehouse. Funny enough.
1: All right. There you
0: go. And uh, uh, I trained in a guy gym was on it. Who's on a different gym because you know it's the same group of gyms. Well, there's two of them. And it just looks awesome. But I think sometimes when you when you go back, you're like, I want something. You know, something different, something new, just to start back, you know, play with it. It won't be a structured session, let's put it that way. Just be like, God, oh, let's have a couple of these old mm-hmm. mental new machines. It's a bit of fun. You
1: you, you wouldn't need a gym or a new gym for motivation, though, would you? Because obviously, I guess you're oh. gonna, most people are going to be so motivated to get back in any gym.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, just, but, just something just a bit different, than it?
1: Yeah, i would say the biggest problem going to be people to be not, like, almost overly motivated. Like, people will be so overly motivated, they'll go in and essentially kind of probably do sessions that wouldn't necessarily be conducive for uh, longer-term progression or, you know, that idea of investing for their future rather than
0: right now. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That is, that is, do, yeah, 100%. That's what people are going to do here, 100%. So I'm going to do. I'm going to the, the go to an and I'm probably then, when I put I will, I'm going to then start um, a dieting phase and I'm going to get down lighter than I was at the end of the previous one by... I'm hoping eight to ten pound, probably ten pound. So that would take me to like one ninety 190 odd, one ninety-five, maybe. And considering my goal for the wedding issue was under, well, my ultimate goal was for odd, and I knew, really speaking, I probably wouldn't have got there. That was the ultimate goal. But then this is obviously thinking long term this time, not because I am guilty of short term thinking as well. Also, I'm not saying not. Um, but now, knowing my wedding's in June next year, and I've told myself, you should never be above 200 pounds. Really speaking, in um, not off season, but like your biggest, you know what I mean. I go, to, I get too heavy. Um, if I get to 190, you know, say say summertime, say by August or whatever, go to another maintenance phase, and then after that, by the time I start dieting properly for wedding next year, I will being a much better position. So yeah, May the 3rd, I'm going to make, because I do quite enjoy making a nice new training plan, because obviously the one I've done, I've just, just done just for the garage gym, it's limited. So I designed a nice little training program, I'm probably going to do up a, up a lower, up a lower probably, and I started on the Monday, which is funny, because you know, we always say, just start now, not on Monday. Um, but, and I do everything when the gym opens start the dive phase and go from there see how it goes try and get to 190 if I can I think it's achievable and then be I think I'll be definitely more comfortable with myself if I don't go above 200 because last night was 235 too heavy much mm. too heavy yeah yeah so Make 200, what's 200 pounds 200 pounds to 14 stone something off top top uh, 200 I, 14, 14 stone 2 I think for me there's no real excuse why I shouldn't be in decent shape all year round I'll have to admit that I'm too fat at the minute I mean I suppose too fat is, is all relative it? some people who are 25 stone so think I'm in good shape but you know, it is what it isn't it for me comfortably stay 14 stone around that and I'll go about it so when I need to you know dial in to, you know, to go on holiday or something we all like to do with me there's you know maybe £10 to lose £15 to lose not in 15 <laughs> yeah, yeah well
1: I mean I suppose that does align with what we said around this analogy of investments and, and kind of investing for the future your, your element there is obviously being a bit too heavy is that you didn't invest uh for your future by restricting a bit more now you kind of almost said that you allowed yourself to have your you know whatever now and became a bit too heavy um mm-hmm. i suppose rather than kind of investing for that future where you could potentially see better longer term results because obviously you held a, uh, a leaner condition you then don't have to diet so hard to kind of reduce that that body weight down to obviously what you would have had on before so
0: yeah yeah so it's like get a bit it's like it's like being a value investor and being and being a bit bored with investing, and then trying to do a little bit of trading and getting fucking burnt, thinking like oh, damn, should I done that? Very much the same thing.
1: Yeah. Do you think about off, um, offshore accounts? Off, no, 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 no. I was going to say, do you think about outsourcing your uh, training programs? If you, you said about obviously, are oh, you've been doing obviously your training for home, but. Obviously, we'll do a new one there. Do you think that maybe potentially think about obviously either coaching or or just you know, outsourcing that training to someone else, so you don't have
0: to do it? Uh, yeah, I probably, I, I would if I had if I had loads of spare money, I would definitely a hundred percent do it because there's, there's no thought for me. Eh? then right, like you just tell me what to do, I'll do it. You no, know, give me whatever training plan. Use your here's your training plan. deload after that X amount of weeks. This many calories a week. Maybe I'll take you. But at the minute, I'm focused on other things, not as in for for monetary wise, as in um, investments doing something else.
1: Yeah, just just only because you said about it, I wondered whether it would be something that was, even if you bought a program, I think a lot of it is just because obviously it then becomes novel and different and something you wouldn't program for yourself
0: and it's a bit more exciting or interesting. Yeah, Uh, I, I I definitely would, 100%. If, I'm not saying I couldn't spare under the 200 quid a month, I just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> not the you know what I mean? So, because I, I obviously understand how to train and blah, 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 I just don't want to. Yeah. However, no, if, very... I, if I got a promotion in work, then I probably would. Because the next step for me is quite a large pay rise. So, if I can get that, then I probably would.
1: Yeah. Okay
0: what 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 are your plans because you are that you, know, you were training else
1: anyway didn't you yeah so, well again you know, you know, when
0: you said yeah so. it makes, it makes no odds for me none of this
1: stuff and I feel sometimes I feel a bit um, what's the word it's not out of order but I, I feel a little bit insensitive maybe when I talk about kind of how little I care about gyms opening and stuff because obviously I guess for a lot of people it is a big thing the fact that gyms are opening they're obviously something they're so excited about because they obviously had such now a long layoff being able to go and it is a big thing for a lot of people in terms of mental health, well-being, and that type of uh, avenue as well. Because for some people, that's all they do. It's the only way they get outside of their jobs or outside of their families. Um, because you know, you can have the best life in the world, but you do still. I think a lot of people still need their own alone time. They still need their own time to kind of do what is right. You know, you know, time for them. And so, sometimes the gym is own. That's the only thing they have. Plus, obviously, you've kind of got the positive aspects of actual just physical activity, which if that's then taken away from the gym, they didn't, don't replace that with another form of physical activity, then yeah, I don't I don't think it's been a positive thing. So maybe sometimes I do feel a bit insensitive by saying, oh, well, I don't give a shit because I've got a gym at home. But yeah, obviously no, it won't, it won't make any, any difference to me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just really, really enjoying this plan that I've been doing the last, let's say 13, 14 weeks. I think it's got another, one more macro, uh, mesocycle on it, at, at this. And then, um what I'll probably do is I might just repeat it. Um so I think it was a twenty-one I'll be twenty-one weeks worth of training in the end. And I I might just repeat that again. Um and obviously just adjust some of the weights and I might just switch up some of the exercises. I mean I have done on, on some of the mesocycles, I've changed the old exercise here and there. Um, either just for a bit of novelty or something a bit different to make it a bit more exciting or whether I've just found like an exercise that's got a bit stale or I've found like it's just, you know, the exercise I've given it seven weeks, but it's not really, I, there's probably better exercise selection that kind of reach that goal of hypertrophy better. Because you get that, don't you? Sometimes you, you do exercise so and mm, I'm not really sure if I'm completely feeling this, whether it's really kind of targeting the muscle that I want it to target or whether I can really just basically squeeze the most out of it. Um, or it might just be the f- case of like some exercise just create too much fatigue for the stimulus that it provides, and that the, the stimulus to fatigue ratio is then a bit skewed. So you just, w- you know, you can find another better alternative. So I have just changed the odd one during the program. Um, even sometimes mid mesocycle, like how much of a rebel am I? I didn't even wait to the end of the mesocycle. <gasps> Bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> joke. But no, that isn't joke. I have changed it because sometimes you think, actually, look, it's, it's like a lot of things. I think that's another thing like humans aren't very good at. If we do invest in something, like you know, if you're watching a film, you're halfway through, how many people will turn it off and go, shit, I'll turn it off? Most people have to see it out to the end anyway, don't you? Or if you get in a queue for a ride at a theme park, you don't just suddenly go, oh, halfway around, oh, I'm going to leave now. Very few people actually ever do that, do they? And it's the same with like, exercise. Sometimes you stick with an exercise even though you'd probably be better off just cutting your losses and moving on.
0: Yeah, depending on. Here's a question for you. Would you ever it's would really a shocking question but let's see
1: I would, I would never have sex with you Johnny I'm afraid you're just not my type
0: oh, I, I won't bother asking a question I feel, <laughs> I feel unwanted and <laughs> un- offended by a comment
1: I know uh, I'm, I'm only saying that because to be honest you when you turned me down last time it upset me that much so I'm just being a bit bitter and vindictive But
0: and I put a complaint into off call and get you cancelled <laughs>
1: uh, what were you going to ask sorry before I <laughs> made a joke
0: would you ever just design um, a motorcycle cycle and stick with it for a really long term, months and months and months, maybe years, solely based on the exercise you love to do where you may think, well, actually, I'd love to do whatever, squats, but leg press may be marginally better for me in terms of Would you still just design that? Um, training plan based on yeah because you love to do um, knowing you're more like maybe not you as an individual but you know people in general do you think it's good if they base a training program on exercises they love rather
1: well, than... well as in so an easy example might be like you're programming back squats because you really love back squats but what you you know that your goal is really hypertrophy, and that a leg press might actually have better results in the longer term for stimulating muscle growth because it's yeah. a better stimulus fatigue uh, ratio. It's probably more targeted to the quads than the back squat would be. Yeah, um, that type of thing,
0: um, yeah, and you use the squats in the long, long, long term. Yeah. Uh
1: I think it's a difficult one because obviously I'd like to say no, I wouldn't. Um, albeit, I do think there still there still has to be an element of enjoyment and obviously and if you do really enjoy an exercise sometimes that is enough to just warrant its position in a in a training program um i think it's you know you just got to weigh up how much you want to enjoy it and how much do you want to do what is in air quotes optimal um for obviously for the goal and i think that it's never a binary this or that i think it's, there's always going to be a case of well it's a spectrum um plus also i think there's probably enough exercises that someone enjoys that you can probably pick an exercise that you really love that still is a really good selection based on the goal you want i don't think it's probably ever again like i say that kind of binary thing it's either or that makes sense but no i don't know i mean i certainly i've removed exercises that i enjoyed because for other reasons i mean like deadlifts we've talked about before i haven't done a deadlift a conventional deadlift anyway in i don't know 18 months probably maybe maybe even longer i don't know certainly a, a good while um on the basis of i do really love deadlifts i mean who doesn't love you know picking massively heavy stuff off i mean it's a, it's just a it's a manly savage type exercise that just kind of plays on the alpha type mentality like a lot of blokes have don't it so yeah I, I mean i really 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 love deadlifts and i used to do them all the time just love them but to be honest they aren't particularly good for hypertrophy in my opinion. Um, they are hugely fatiguing and will take away from a lot of other exercises because of the sheer volume of kind of like um, neuromuscular fatigue they create. Not not just like like in the local muscles that they're exercising, which obviously is a lot because it's a big compound move, but also kind of like your, your central nervous system just takes an absolute beating. So you can, you know, you can do a he- load of heavy sets of deadlifts and then you're fucked for the rest of the session. That's it. Like, you're not going to really get the most out of a lot of your other stuff sometimes. So I had to take them out of my, my training plan on the basis of that. As much as I loved them, there were just too many negatives. There's just too many drawbacks to, to including them uh, for, the, obviously, kind of, I suppose, like the actual lack of results towards my actual goal, which is hypertrophy. So I don't know if that really answers your question, but. It does, yeah. I just sort of thought
0: of this you would say. Yeah. Yeah. I had a good idea what you were going to say, but I thought
1: I'd let the... I mean, don't be me wrong. I I mean, I suppose I'm like slightly limited at home not having machines to use for um other than a, a quad extension on my bench. Obviously i I'm limited to kind of like what quad stimulation movements I can do. Um, certainly on the heavier side. Obviously there's there's lots of the kind of like barbells and kettlebells or um dumbbell stuff you can do to stimulate quads but obviously i guess like a form of squat or back squat or something like that is always going to be almost included in my plan because i don't have a hack squat i don't have a leg press i don't have kind of some of those other um squat pattern movements to include that would be based on a machine
0: so i for me right I'm not to answer that same question however i do not like lunges right however you, as in,
1: you don't like you just don't like doing them personally, or is there? Yeah. Or are you can explain the reason why you don't like. Lunges? I don't like them
0: personally do them. I just don't. I just, just do like them. Right, but I've got any lunges really. However, I am going to include them in my plan because they fucking wreck my quads. I mm-hmm. agree. And they just they just awesome for me, for my obviously for my guard, they Just seem they just seem to hit my quads horrifically well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like them
1: them. I was going to say, there's something about either like reverse lunges or or kind of like static lunging or even like walking lunges. There is something about them that do cause huge amounts of disruption in quads. Like I find them brilliant. I really do for kind of stimulating the quads. So yeah, that is the sort of thing I think. Well, I don't. I, I mean, I don't actually do. There are none in my program at the moment. Even though maybe I should just on the basis of just or, or what I've just said about how good I think they are.
0: But yeah, I just I had, a, I had a very I had a conversation with the two boys I trained with um, when we were training legs, and I said, if you were to design the session to fucking put them in the ground for legs, right, so you dead after that what would you do? <laughs> we come up with a combination, right, of thirty rep squats, right three sets <clears throat> so you do five you breathe once big breath go down to do five to five till you, well 30 reps is the aim but you do it till you fail right so we need a spotter or um, a power rack so you can fall on the I'm not advocating people do this right but if you want to laugh you got <laughs> and then right then you do walking lunges to failure <laughs> right then you would superset <clears throat> sled drags with prowlers at the end.
1: Right. Okay.
0: I, I reckon if you hit that hard to failure, you'd be dead. They'd be bringing the they'd be bringing the pallbearers in at the end of the session, putting the cross in the ground. Your legs lay here. What do you think? The development
1: of it's stupid. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say to be honest, I can only think it. it just sounds really ridiculous, but it is ridiculous, stupid. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> Basically, anyone that's going back to the gym this week, or been back don't to the gym this that. week, or yeah, or if you're in Wales and you'll be you'll be going back in a in a couple of weeks, don't do that.
0: No, don't do that. I'll be honest. Yeah.
1: What what I am surprised about is that you didn't include Bulgarian split squats because they are the devil incarnate when it comes to leg exercises. Fucking horrible. No, I don't know anyone that enjoys any type of
0: split squat. No, they are they are bad. I gotta say, horrible. But imagine Absolutely. not it's like because for us, I think the gyms yeah gyms close in December. Right, so it will be six months. So imagine not doing legs at all, then going back and doing that session first session. I wonder, I wonder, how many days or weeks you would for after. Yeah. I wonder how long it took to walk
1: probably. Yeah, the, this is what I mean. And, and this is again another uh, another alignment yep. with this analogy of kind of investing for the future don't go in and fuck yourself up in a session and then not not be able to train or want to train for the next week 10 days because you've absolutely ruined cuz like you know it's like when you have a heavy or a, a you know a really tough leg session the the DOMS you can get in legs is just is horrible i mean, people wear like a badge of honor don't they walking around like oh my god my legs are in bits for like 7 days but it's not conducive for good training or, or good hypertrophy mm-hmm. results well not?
0: you're not i am um, i i i do like to tweak the session no. but i'm very aware of what is too much
1: well yeah your your thing is though you're aware of the fact that soreness isn't necessarily a good indicator of a good training session um not everyone is like i say a lot of people will will walk around with a badge of honor and think, "Yeah, this man of all the fucking gains," and in reality what it's probably mean is that you then can't do another decent session for four or five days because your legs are fucked and you could have got better results if you'd have actually just taken a bit of volume off or reduced intensity slightly did a bit less and actually then be able to train again you know with some quality training again in a few days
0: there's definitely a place for training obviously training to failure and training hard and going through phases where training is harder but and there definitely are people who can take it to failure all the time and not have any negative consequences but i mean for For most of us, training too hard, as in going to failure all the time, is generally not a good idea.
1: No, even those that are training to failure all the time, like certainly the successful ones, are still kind of doing it in a systematic nature. So they're not just not just going balls to the wall every single session. Um, Like they're usually then having to reduce kind of maybe the total work or volume they're doing to make up for the fact that they're obviously pushing things so far to failure. And obviously if they were kind of doing the same amount of volume as someone else but going to go failure with well, the other person wouldn't they wouldn't be able to recover from much obviously all else being equal so you know i think even those that that promote kind of like a, a to failure training most of them do it in a different way and at least systematic or sci- a bit more scientific thinking than just you know going balls to the wall i think so anyway i mean obviously i'm not talking about your bros here that's going to smash it but then they're also far from anywhere near optimal so
0: that's true yeah it's like um John Peake does is very much an advocate of failure, but obviously he's very...
1: Yeah, he might do like one set on something though. Or he might do two sets on something because obviously he can't push anything further or harder because obviously he can't physically do it because he can't recover from it. And he knows that.
0: Which is which is intelligent training. You know yeah. if you're high intense, you just can't do that volume.
1: No. And that's, that's different from, like I say, the the bros going in and just training every single thing to failure. I mean, and obviously... You can get away going in and training the biceps to failure probably every single session, and pro- and, I, and I imagine you're not likely to find too much detriment from doing that, like because they're small muscle groups, recover quite quickly, and let's be honest, you train your biceps to failure. What really else is it going to affect in the longer term? Not a lot, but kind of going in and doing sets of back squats or you know deadlifts or something like that to failure every single session is a different outcome. It's not the same. Injury probably. Yeah, probably result in injury in in the long run. So, but. There we go. So we've we've hit our 5 mates, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Um enjoy the chat. Thank you very much. Uh I guess not really a specific topic. We were supposed to have a guest again this week. The guest from last week. Um however, last week's if the, if the excuse last week was questionable, this week I suppose is a bit more valid given he's just had his first child. So uh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll let him off and not be able to make it. I think literally today by it, or at least in the last day or so. No,
0: it's uh, just it's just about acceptable excuses. just about.
1: Yeah, just about. Well, congratulations to uh to said surprise guest who you know we haven't actually said, but people might got to work out those now. Um but yeah, on that note, uh go buy cheese, uh eatlean.com uh and then nnn ten for your discount. Uh if you want some Warrior bars, go to teamwarrior.com and then I think the code is W S NNN twenty seven uh gets you twenty seven percent off, makes those bars just about a pound ago go so and they are fantastic as good a bars in the market as anyone else and for that price pound a bar literally they are the go-to bars for me now I will not be buying anything else probably um, yeah yeah I mean that's what I mean for the price and for the fact that they are actually top-notch bars as well um I say they they are the go-to I just wouldn't consider buying anything else for that cost more money and are not as good so why bother? Um, but yeah, on that note, we are actually—I think this was one nine seven, or maybe even one nine eight. So we're nearly, nearly at the two hundred mark. So obviously, we need to do something special for that. So we need to get our thinking caps on, mate, and think about what we're going to do for the two uh, hundredth episode, which is mad.
0: Round table.
1: Cure, yeah, Maybe with two hundred one, we should try and get the uh, the lads back on and have a bit of a reunion.
0: How about Probably that?
1: Pr- Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking pricks. Um... Yeah, could do. Yeah, All right. Oh, no Nah, probably not. <laughs> oh, savage. Uh, right. On that note, au revoir, bonjour, I feel the and uh, adios. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks, so we can get our content out to more people.
0: See you next week.